This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Welcome to the Hero Academy Podcast, the place where we can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes. I believe that frontline heroes such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those who have chosen to serve society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here you will learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their passion. Sometimes we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing. Things you can do to make extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast each week, you will learn from people like you who are working full time, but still found time to create a course, grow a big team or a large audience or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories and how they overcame burnout. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques. I'm your host, David Diem. Now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. Hello, my friends and family, and welcome to this week's episode, episode number 19 of the Hero Academy podcast. If you're a frontline hero, police, fire, EMS, military, or medical professional, then you are in the right place, and this show is for you. This week, I'd like to introduce you to a sheriff slash rapper, Bookham Bridges. Enjoy. Bridges Bookham from New Jersey, just over the bridge. Yes, sir. They got, What's they up, got the Super clap. They got the clapping feature. <laughs> <laughs> Could you hear that? I can't hear it, no. It's all oh, good, man. Though. Yeah, they got a clap it. They got a clapping feature. Yo, I'm loving this. Uh, I'm on Riverside.fm for anybody that's uh, doing podcasts out there. Riverside is the bomb. Uh, it's super crispy, like you said. I'm going to let Bookham introduce himself. So if you could just give the audience a three to five minute version story of your life. What's going on, everybody? My real name is Danny Rivera. I'm an officer in Hudson County, New Jersey. I've been on the job for 16 years now. I'm a father of three young girls. I'm happily married. And I also am heavily involved in the community, within my community. So I utilize my not-for-profit, which is what you see on my hat, uh, the Bridges Project, which is predicated on doing something like what's is giving people an outlet and uh, showing the kids that you could still integrate yourself in a hip hop culture in a way and still be a professional and still have dreams and aspirations. And also at the same time, bridging the gap between law enforcement because myself, I come from the inner city. I was born and raised in the inner city, Bayonne, New Jersey. And uh, I grew up in a volatile household. I grew up where, you know, it wasn't peaches and cream. Uh, there was a lot of uh, verbal abuse, a lot of alcoholism. And then I turned to the hanging out with the wrong crowd at times, got involved in the hip hop industry, which many of you know is surrounded by and uh, and violence and, and drugs and all types of things, which I never really got involved in. I was never a follower. Um, and, you know, dropped out of high school, unfortunately. 
It was a stupid decision. I dropped out of high school. I was struggling. I was basically homeless for about two years and then uh, got my was able to start going to church. And then I got my GED and then fast forward, you know, 16, 17 years my job as a Hudson County Sheriff officer. And uh, we're here today, man, you know, so I'm blessed by God to be here. And thank you for the opportunity, man. It's wonderful what you're doing, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it. Book them. So you went from almost basically homeless to who recruited you? How did you find the police department? How did that come about? Because you really, you really changed your life around. Yeah, man. So that's a great question, man. Listen, I'm going to mention God a few times during this interview. Nothing uh, wrong with that. I have a relationship. I'm not religious. I just have a relationship with God. I believe, you know, that God is real. It doesn't matter what religion you practice. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying. But anyway, I believe that when I was in the darkest moment of my life, you know, I reached out and there was like a miraculous transformation in my thought process. And I said, man, I'm living like this. You know, I don't want to be homeless. I was literally homeless. I mean, I slept on a park bench. I slept in one of my because his mother at the time didn't want me to stay there. I had nowhere to go. So I slept in a building hallway and through prayer, man, and just resilience, man, I just, by the grace of God, to get on my feet, take the test. And to answer your question, I never was like, I want to be, I, that wasn't my thought process. I wanted to be a rapper. I wanted to be a famous rapper. So I never to serve the public, though. That was one thing. So I had an interaction with a cop at a young age, and I remember the command presser, the personality behind the, behind the uniform that was intriguing to me. And I always said, man, I would like to be somebody that in that fashion. Fast forward, I took the test. By the grace of God, I came out with a pretty high score, and uh, I was hired. I was given the opportunity. So uh, at the age of 20, hired, and uh, I'm 39 now, so I got, you know, 16 years on. We have a very similar story, man. I got yeah. hired. So I found out that my high school sweetheart was pregnant. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I need to support this family. And it was either become a pilot or become a cop. And my senior year in high school, a recruiter came. He was real funny. He entertained the class and he passed out these cards. And he's like, you know, you know, you never know where you'll be in four years from now. He's like, just fill out this card. They'll mail you some information. And that, uh, you know, that changed my life. Um, I know we have a similar story. So I got on at 22 in the city and then, uh, you know, I had a month left to graduate the academy and then I I joined another academy, my local county out here on Long Island. And the rest Mm. is history, you know, the rest is history. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Yes. Very good money on Long Island. So, um, yeah, that, that was a motivator, too, of course. Absolutely. You want a better you want a better life for your family. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what it was all about. I never had uh, aspirations of being a cop either. It was just it was primarily about supporting my family, you know, and I'm so grateful for this profession because of the doors that it's opened for all of us. You know, I'm so happy to be talking to you right now because I feel Me like, too, you know, you know, I feel like we are brothers, you know, just from different mothers. And do um, you have any crazy stories from your time on the job? Probably not as crazy. because uh, No, any, any funny, uh, how about funny, uh, funny, 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 funny stories. Uh, I got some crazy. I got some funny. Ah, I got to think, man, because there's there's like so many funny stories I can tell you. I think one of the funniest would be one time 
found in my job, they used to call me the black cloud. Because <laughs> I, I was like, I could be going to the court bureau for a while. I was a court officer. Uh, you know, the sheriff's department, we have a patrol unit. I am now in the patrol unit, operations division. But for a while, I was in the court division. And I would go outside for lunch. I would go outside for court. Then what happened? I would get into something that was crazy. But anyway, just to coach baseball. And one time the baseball coach calls me. He says, hey, Dan, I got to drop off the equipment to you because I can't make it to practice. I'll meet you in the front of the courthouse. Okay, he comes by. Lo and behold, as soon as I step out the front steps, a guy in a minivan approaches me. He goes, hey, officer, there's a guy in the jitney bus. He just beat the crap out of the bus open and jumped out the window. <laughs> I'm like, I, hey, Dave, I literally was outside for two seconds. There's about, Dave, there's about 80-something in this building. I'm just the one that, so I'm like, I'm like, okay, where is he? What is he wearing? He's like, oh, you know, he's a black male t-shirt with a book bag. So I see. So I look down the street. He's walking down the street. So I try to make contact with him and he runs. So at the time I had my in a holder, but it wasn't strapped in because in the courthouse, you know, in the courthouse, you don't really get into too many You're in a building. So I had it just in the holder without it. being. I start chasing a guy and my radio falls out. So no one knows where I'm at. No one knows what's going on that uh, I had to unfortunately draw my weapon down on him because he disappeared momentarily when he came. He had his book bag in the front with his hands behind his book bag. So I couldn't see his hands. So I was, bro, listen, you know, we all know some scenarios, but I literally, everything shrunk. Please don't let this be the moment. But some guy runs down the street and he's like, hey, officer, I got your radio. So that was one of the fun I was able to place the guy in custody uh, safely by the grace of God. And uh, that was one of the funnier moments because it was just going outside to get a bag and it ends up being this whole, this whole shit show. And I'm like, man, you know, so there's a lot of crazy things, man. But that's one of the funniest to me, you know. Well, you have any um, other than law enforcement. What's your uh, Bridges Project? Could you tell everybody what's that all about? So Bridges Project it's basically a conduit using music, the culture of hip hop, as a way to bridge the gap with law enforcement and the community. And Super Dave, we talk record, man. I love what you're doing, giving officers an outlet. And I think what you're doing is showing all okay to be yourself. You know, we were born with a weren't born with a badge, man. We were born into an ethnic group. We were born into a culture. And I think uh Line, uh, you know, dealing with trauma, uh, you know, the daily duties of being an officer, we lose who we are. We become robotic in some sense, and we also become desensitized to uh, certain things in life. I was once that officer. I was once that guy that was like, dude, I live and die by being a cop. Like, I was once a rapper. I was once involved in, in different things. What happened? I just had an epiphany, man, and and I spoke to my wife, and I was like, I said, I got to do what I love to do, because if I don't, I'm regret when I get older. And it was a hard transition, man. Being a rapper, being a cop, it was a hard transition. You know, brother. It's hard to go back, because everybody's going to judge you. Exactly. Like, what, are you, what are you trying to do? Everybody exactly. looks at you like, anytime you step out of line, people start looking at you sideways, saying, you know, that's when the hate comes out. What are you trying to do? What? What? Yeah. And especially, and especially rap music, you know. Yeah, rap music 
right? Rap music is the one genre of music that is is heavily frowned upon police community. You know why? Because rap music a lot of times glorifies all the negative stuff that we law enforcement officers, but I also do officers and I tell people that there are positive rappers. There are uh, rappers out there, uh, the J. Coles of the world, you know, the Kendrick Lamars of the world who aren't totally glorifying. So I think it's the best way to reach the kids of the inner city day. I think it's the best way for them to gravitate to us and say, whoa, wait a minute. There's an officer that understands our culture. He knows, you know, what we wear. He understands. What you do now is you build trust through that. Just to bridge off of your hip hop point, I feel like from the 80s to the 90s to 2000s, the hip hop culture has created a bridge amongst races also. You know, like, when I mean, you look at somebody like how many fans Eminem has, you know, how many fans he has. And then you look at somebody like the Wu-Tang Clan, how many fans they generated and across all races, you know, across all different colors. And I don't even believe in different races. I, I believe, honestly, that there's only one race. Absolutely. But, but, you know, what we see, what we see is different colors, you know. What's the thing that you're most passionate about right now? I'm most passionate, man, about my family. Listen, man, I am so grateful to God, man. We just bought our first home. Congratulations. Thank you, brother. Thank you. And uh, to me, it's the big accomplishment coming from, you know, coming from really nothing. I mean, my mom always provided. We weren't poor. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, we were, we lived a a middle-class life, uh, but we didn't have everything. And me being is something that's just, crazy in my mind and it's a blessing uh because no one really has done it in my family it's just a blessing and it's more for the kids dave you know it's more for the kids if it was up to me i'd live in an apartment my whole life when you have kids you want better for them than what you for yourself and that's what it's all about you know there's always levels to this you know there's always another level that you could take it to and that's what you're doing you're leveling up your game when you when you became a homeowner and i'm, I'm happy for you amen thank you my brother What's your biggest challenge with the uh, Bridges Project? So you have a nonprofit and a for-profit. What's the biggest challenge of doing that right now? I know it's probably time. It's time, brother, but I'm going to say it's support from the law enforcement entities that will support it and say, we need something like this so that we could bridge the gap between these and law enforcement. But Unfortunately, you and I both know, man, it's unfortunate, but it's it, there's a lot of haters in law enforcement. There's a culture in law enforcement that has been the culture for patients, and they just can't foresee the culture changing or diverting yep. to something else. Yep. You know what I mean? So uh, that's the biggest challenge, man. We talked about this off air, but you have any advice for people that are starting to burn out? You know, they, they might have over 15, over 20 years on the job, whatever job it is. Do you have any advice for those people? Yes, man. Find something you're passionate about to do, you know, dive into something new, you know, get busy at home and think about the job. I know it's easy. Jobs cause post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, you go to a job, you know, that you're dealing with kids and death and and all types of different circumstances that lead to trauma. But find something that you're passionate about. People that are going to support what you're passionate about. 
and pray. Prayer is powerful, man. You have plans for being famous if it's in God's plan? Ah, oh, man, fame is not really my thing, but if it gets to able to revolutionize and the culture of law enforcement, why not? Why not be in that seat? A lot of people say no, but you could impact more people with your fame than mm-hmm. you can just being, you know, unknown. You know, like the bigger you get, if your heart's in the right place, you can do so much more good. Hey, I'm surprised by the number of people who say no. Just for the record, I plan on being famous. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, this fame, if you're doing it, like you said, if you're doing it with the right intentions, man. With the right you know? intentions. Mm-hmm. If you have a service, if you have a heart of service, you know. What's something that a lot of people don't know about you? Like only a small group of friends know about. I love to cook. I'm actually a pretty good cook. My wife would tell you. Only a small group of friends would know that uh, I'm also like a, a low-key comedian, man. I love to joke around. I... <laughs> so that's, right, you know, on, those are two. On that, who's your top five comedians off the top of your head? Tony Baker, Lavelle Crawford, <laughs> uh, Martin, Martin, Martin Lawrence. Lavelle Crawford. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to breathe. <laughs> Bro, he, bro, you got us. I, I love Lavelle Crawford, but I love the one where he said, "My mother said, we saw you better not touch one damn thing,' <laughs> which is true. When we go, you better not touch one thing, which is true, bro. He, Lavelle Crawford is is phenomenal. Martin Lawrence, oh man, Mark Cooper, and who else? Oh man, I'm forgetting one of the best, man. Damn, I'm, I'm forgetting his name. The crazy one, the one that, the one that says, uh, "Ah, I forgot his name." I'm happy. The guy, the pimp, the pimp. Cat Williams. Cat Williams. <laughs> Cat Williams is, is hilarious. But I, bro, I invite you if you haven't followed Tony. Actually, you I, follow, was, I know I follow Tony. Yeah. Man, what in the haberdashery and hemoglobin is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Watch, look, he has a marvel at the, that's a marvel. He's, he's phenomenal, man. He's funny. Yeah, he's, he's hilarious. Another guy that I follow, he's pretty funny, Pop Vasquez. You know Pop? Yeah! Yo, he's, he's a hilarious street comedian. He's hilarious. Yes. Hilarious. Yes. Hilarious. Yes. Top five hip-hop. Top five, Big Pun, Big Pun, Nas, it's hard because I'm not too... Oh, Wu-Tang. I'm a huge Wu-Tang fan. Me too. Uh, huge Wu-Tang fan. It's fire and people sleep on him. Black Thought. Black Thought from the roots is insane. And who, Oh, Joel Ortiz, man. He's fire. Joel Ortiz yes. is fire. Fire. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Where's Joel from? He's from Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yes, yes. Yeah. But he, yeah. he has... But Joel has ties to uh, Jersey City, my county, the... He has ties. He has heavy ties over here. And if you could have a conversation with anybody, living or dead, that you could mastermind with, who's the top five on that list? Like, you know, like they would be your your mentors, your mastermind group. Five. You only get five though. Top five dead or alive. Top five dead or alive. It would have to be one of them. Would have to be MLK, because of his approach from the hip hop scene. Would have to be Big Pun. I'm gonna tell you that's hard to say because. I don't go by what I see on TV. I have to see you. Mentors would have to be somebody that I see in action on a daily basis because it's easy to, to portray something when 
social media or you're on TV, but when you know the person intimately and you know their daily walk, I think those are the best mentors, man. So most of the mentors that I would want would probably be people that I'm surrounded people that I see on a daily basis. You know what I mean? Okay. If you could have your own Netflix special, what would it be? Bridging the gap, baby. It'd be about a police officer integrating himself with the community through hip-hop. I'm talking about pulling up to a block where there's a bunch of kids hanging out, putting a radio out there, and maybe battling, and just going out there and talking to the community and just about the hip-hop culture. It'll just be a cop going out there, reaching out to kids, talking about hip-hop and the state of hip-hop. So if you could spend your time every day is that how you would spend your time? Just just rapping every day? But if, uh, hey, so if money was out of the equation, how would you spend your time? Uh, most of it, I know it sounds, it sounds cliche, but most of it would probably be with family, music, and creating, man. Just creating. I do, you know, I do graphic design. I just love creating, man. So it doesn't it feels, matter if it it's feels good. I got to tell you, man, it feels good when I'm creating. That's when I feel the most energized. Exactly. When I'm, when I'm sitting down and I'm writing a speech out or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm writing out, you know, I'm just writing, writing my next book. That's when I feel energized when I'm creating, you know, that creative, those creative juices are real. It's a real thing. And, uh, and speaking, of creation, speaking of creations, your hat, we talk off camera, the logo, the design. Uh, when did all that come together? The design came uh, about three, four years ago. This young kid, shout to Alex, man, he came up with the design. Well, I told him what I kind of wanted. And he came up with the drawing. I said I wanted it to kind of look like I wanted to officer helping someone up. So he came up with the design. And, yeah, everything. And then I just added to the hat. I added unity. You know, unity is on my mind. Bridges, you know that it's all about unity. So I just added the unity to the hat. And that's it. And most of my shirts, you know, I don't have one on that. Unity with the American flag as well on it. So that's my next project. I got to start branding some things. It's in the back burner. I, I'm working on so many things right now. No, <laughs> you know, the, the, life of, the life of an entrepreneur, man, is so many projects mm-hmm. always at work. If you could speak to yourself when you were 18 years old and you could just give that 18-year-old kid three pieces of advice, what would you tell him? Make sure that you're responsible for life. Responsibility is key. And set the tone for your future, whether you're you know saving money, whether you're in stocks, whether you're doing something like that, and read, 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 and do research. And if your family was taken care of, I know you would spend time with your family, but say they're taken care of financially and you had Jeff Bezos' money, what would you spend mm. your money on? Now you got to spend some money. Woo! I'll probably get myself, man, I ain't going to lie, get myself <laughs> a big house. i get myself a big house, probably build myself a real nice studio, Got my mom, my mother-in-law taken care of, you know, so close to me. I'll make sure that they're taken care of. And then a lot of the money I would invest in doing something where I could build some type of like PAL system, like back in the day, a, a place where kids could go and work on their creativity, sports, because I think we're lacking that, man. I think that's nowadays. Yeah, I hear you. That's definitely a noble enterprise. What's your next project that you're working on? I just got a, uh, this is for you as well, man. You ever need videography? Uh, I invested in equipment, trying to utilize videography and graphic design as a way to bridge the gap. So I'm offering services for people at a very low cost to try to 
get into that graphic design videography world, as well as working on my next music project outside of mentoring, you know, so it's been a little overwhelming for, but as you know, when you got to mentor a multitude of kids, it becomes time to also have kids. So I'm also trying to generate a system or some type of program where I could be kids as possible through the Bridges Project. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to do it in a group format over yeah, Zoom. You got to do yeah, it virtually. Because yeah. yeah. uh, one-on-one, it's just not enough time for you to it's reach crazy. as many kids as you possibly can, you know? You got a YouTube channel? It's called the Bridges, Bridges Project. Project. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you know what the Dim Mock is? Uh, the Five Fingers of Death? You know, the Wu-Tang? Did you watch Kung Fu movies back in the day when you were growing up? A little bit. A little bit. Not too crazy, though. Not too crazy. So the Dim Mock is the Death Touch. It's like uh, Kill Bill. She did it on Kill Bill. Did you see that movie, Kill Bill? I saw pieces okay. of it, but not the whole thing. <laughs> All, right. All right. It's a pretty good movie, but she goes like this. She goes, pop, 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 pop. And then it's, his heart stops. <laughs> the heart explodes. <laughs> <laughs> so she did like Bruce Lee. Like Bruce Lee did that. Bruce Lee did that. Something like that. Yeah, but Bruce had the five. He had the one inch yeah. punch. So yeah, yeah, get closer, yeah, like, yeah. So five is my lucky number. For whatever reason, I just chose five. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to hit you with my final five questions. All right. Okay. My rapid, okay. rapid fire five. What's your mm-hmm. definition of a hero? Somebody that unselfishly gives of themselves. When your stress is at its highest and you're starting to feel kind of low, uh, how do you save yourself? How do you show yourself love? Prayer. I love it. Would you ever consider offering group coaching? We just talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I would. Kids. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes. so I'm I'm gonna help you off air. Please structure that. Yes, yes, yeah, I'm, yes. I'm gonna help you structure that. Yeah. What's your greatest power? What's your greatest strength? Your greatest ability today? Passion. And just for fun, if you had a comic superpower, what would it be and why? Be able to minds. <laughs> because you want to know, you want to know what these people are thinking. You know, when you're in law enforcement, you know, safety. You also want to be able to help them according to what their needs are. You know. All right, brother. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. You got to get going. And uh, we're definitely going to link up. Jersey's not that far, so I'll definitely take you up on that videography. Absolutely, brother. Whenever you need something, you reach out. I thank you for the opportunity. I'll continue to use you, my brother. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Be safe, brother. Peace, man. One. One. All right. All right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of their story. And I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, Hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at David Leith, the number one. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.